Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here at the PHNX studio, back for the first time in two weeks. Craig is somewhere that we don't know, and Petey, who we didn't know was even going to be here, is calling from a parking lot in Tampa Bay. <laughs> How's everyone doing? <laughs> Petey! Right on vacation again. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I upset him so much that he yeah. left the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was so sorry. Sure. I need, a, oh I need a better tripod or something. There we go. I think I got it solved now. It's hot and humid here in Tampa. I did, it's probably hot in Arizona, too, so I shouldn't complain. But, it's but the humid. humidity is horrible. Oh, God. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't know how they do that. It's like the players... Have to go city to city like this, you know, different climates, different time zones, different altitudes, and you look how tired Tampa looked in the last game. I don't know how they're going to rebound here in Game Three. Man, um, I don't think any of us were expecting Game Two to go how it did. At least I certainly didn't. Let's just talk about Game Two now, since you're here, PD, and I don't know how much time we have you for. Obviously, you watched that game closely. What were your takeaways from Game Two? You know what? At first, I go, gosh, this Colorado team is just dominating. Colorado's faster and Colorado's better. But as I looked at it, I watched the game again last night and this morning. It's a lot about Tampa Bay's mistakes. Like I, Colorado was good, not taking anything away, but boy, was Tampa bad. The, their, their decisions on the puck, they had defensemen pinching when they shouldn't. They didn't have a F3 high in the offensive zone. They turned the puck over more than they usually do. They were really bad. And this is a team that's usually systematically really good. They defend well. They they forecheck well. All of the things that are their staples and their trademarks, they didn't do. And Colorado just capitalized on their mistakes. Every time Tampa made a mistake, it ended up in their net. I, I can't imagine Tampa playing this bad uh, for a second second consecutive game. I, I really, I, I'm done reading this series. I'm done guessing this series and predicting this series. I can't imagine Tampa will get blown out again. Vasilevsky hasn't given up seven goals all season. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, the I only other time up. he gave up seven was to the Coyotes. Coyotes. Which, by the way, I, I forgot this until my friend reminded me. I was at that game that Vasilevsky led in seven to the Coyotes. You're kidding me. Yeah, it's it's so uncharacteristic of this team. I, 
everybody here is talking about a sweep now. And can you imagine a sweep? I would hate that. Like a champions? Ugh. I can't imagine. Ugh. I would hate it. Yeah, I can't imagine it. I, I, they're going to have to find a way to contain the top players, McCarr, McKinnon. You know what they need to do? Look for them to be less aggressive today. When, when I watched them play in Florida, in when they played the Panthers in that series, to shut down their speed, they just weren't aggressive on the forecheck. They weren't aggressive uh, chasing the puck around the defensive zone. They just sat back and let Florida come at them. I would expect a lot more of that today where they have one player forechecking instead of three. Um, you'll see them back off of the blue line a little more, give them Colorado a little more space so they can just let Colorado come into them. I, I can't imagine they're going to be so aggressive on the puck that they just get burnt all day again. I just... But again, like I said, I, I don't know shit because I haven't been right at all in this series. <laughs> Craig, what are your thoughts? But you're on mute. <laughs> After watching everything that Tampa did in the Eastern Conference playoffs, it would be stunning for me to see them get swept in this series. And also, to be honest, a little disappointing. When you have a team that that did all that it did to get this close, to get to the threshold of a three-peat, and then to get swept... That'd be a real stunner for me. I, I would I, I, I would be shocked to see Tampa go out that quietly. On the flip side of it, maybe this illustrates just how dominant Colorado has been in this postseason run. And before this game, obviously, I reached out. I just tweeted this stuff. I reached out to NHL stance, stats to get a sense of where Colorado sits in NHL history with what it's done so far in this playoff run and it was pretty stunning to see the results. Lee, I don't know if you have that. because yeah, We I, do have the graphic. Well, let's throw that up there. It, since the NHL went to a best-of-seven format for all four series in 87-88, the Edmonton Oilers have the best record in the postseason at 16-2. and two. That's the first time it took 16 wins to win the Cup. Well, with a sweep of the Avs, Colorado could match that, meaning they are the most dominant team in this format or tied for the most dominant team in this format. And you're talking about the Gretzky-led Oilers. That would be quite an accomplishment if they were to accomplish that. Um, you know, there have been some undefeated runs when it was just two rounds, but that I, I just don't equate it. It's apples to oranges. I look at it under the current format and think, wow, Colorado is on one hell of a tear right now. Unbelievable. They just look unstoppable when they're like in, in these games. It's it's insane. I can't see it personally going to a sweep. I have to remind myself Tampa was down to 0 and 2 in the Ranger series. We've seen teams win cups that have started being down on the road. Um, Pittsburgh in 09 comes to mind where the home team won every game until game seven. So, you know, there's still a lot that could happen, but there's gonna they're going to have to make a lot of adjustments because right now it's so hard to imagine anybody stopping this juggernaut of a avalanche team. And you look at Darcy Kemper, too, a guy that I talked about early in the series and said just had to be good, didn't have to be great. I don't even know if he needs to be good. He had 16 <laughs> shots on goal in the last game, and you look really, I mean, really look yeah. at how many of those were either high danger or grading scoring chances. I, honestly, maybe two, maybe. Uh, so he just, honestly, he just needs to be average at best for this team to win right now. Tampa has no answer. Tampa has no solution for the speed. They have no way to get the pucks to the inside. They can't even get a shot on goal on their power play right now. I, I can't imagine that that's going to continue today. I'm sure I, I've heard rumors that Point may come out of the lineup today and they may go back to the lineup from, from the prior game. So maybe we see Riley Nash again. Um, they're going to have to find a way, not just to defend the speed, but they're just going to have to find a way to play mistake-free hockey because right now they're not. 
What do you think is going to happen tonight? (laughs) (laughs) I could say Tampa in a a close one, like a 4-3 game is what I really suspect. But honestly, Colorado can blow them out again. Because if they get one of those early goals, it could be over. So here's the key to tonight. Look for a 0-0 first period. The longer this game goes 0-0, the better it is for Tampa. If this can get through the first 10 minutes, the first 12 minutes, the first 15 minutes at 0-0, favor starts to swing towards Tampa. But they haven't been able to do that through the first period. So I think for this one, I'm going to say tight. I'm going to say Tampa wins on home ice. And if Colorado wins in three, the series is over. And I'll be home before you know it. Yeah, I agree with that. If, if they win tonight, I think it's going to be a sweep. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine them. I think Charles said it too in the chat, coming back from being down 0-3. It's just such a hard mental thing to climb out of. So maybe tonight would be the night to bet on puck line if you think it's going to be close. Or you can also bet on like no goal in the first 10 minutes. Um, so some things that I you can I don't know if I bet on that, Leah. That's what I'd like to see. But I don't know if I'd bet on that right now. There could be five goals in the first Well, Colorado keeps scoring multiple goals in the first 10 minutes. But you could you could bet on yes for a goal in the first 10 if you wanted to. Yeah, so. that might be the better bet for Tampa to win. They have to stop Colorado the first 10. Yeah, and the over has been hitting a lot in this series too. So there's just a lot of things on DraftKings. Is there anything else either of you want to talk about with the series? And, PD, how long do we have you for in the humid parking know, lot? I'm waiting for a text to say I have to get back to work. So it could be any time in the next five minutes, but I'm here. I'll stay as long as I can. It's just hot. It's just hot. I'm disappointed with game two. I rewatched game one again, and I saw the overtime and how close it was, and and Tampa was able to get some scoring chances. How disappointed as a hockey fan I was in game two. Um, I just hope for better hockey. I, I have no rooting interest on either team. We know Darcy Kemper. We'd like to see him do well. I just want to see better hockey. I want to see a better series. I think fans deserve, with these two juggernauts, I think they deserve a better series. Yeah. And I keep saying it. I can't imagine with a Cooper coached team that they won't respond here in Tampa Bay while they're at home. I just can't imagine. There's too many leaders in that room. You've got Stamkos and Edmund, and there's too many guys that have been here that I can't imagine they're just going to roll over and let Colorado walk through the series. I just can't imagine it. So I still think Tampa's going to find a way to sneak one out today in a close one. I'm torn on this. I, I want to see better hockey. I, I really looked forward to this matchup because I thought it could be one for the ages. On the flip side, if Colorado sweeps, Petey comes home. I yeah. know. That is I the one not. thing. I know. I, it doesn't, I might not seem long for you guys, but this is getting long. <laughs> and I just booked a flight back to Colorado, so I have a flight back for Colorado in Game 5. If Tampa wins tonight, I have to book a Game 6 flight back here. Like, it's... It's travel, and that's not easy, by the way. That's a long nine- or ten-hour day getting back and forth, and I don't want to do it three more times. So, <laughs> but they have Nutter Butters in the ESPN truck. They do. I saw that today, that they had Nutter Butters today, so Craig's a little bit jealous, although he could probably go buy some Nutter Butters wherever the hell he is out in the uh, forest. You haven't read my contract, Petey. I don't buy, <laughs> I don't buy Nutter Butters. Yeah, You'll be bringing those home for me, for right? Yeah. yeah, they're there here for you. The they're butters, provided directly. The yeah, oh, I don't man. have that kind of a rider in my contract here. <laughs> I and, and no Mexican food with all the porta potties. That's ESPN <laughs> rule number one. No Mexican food with all the porta potties. And I showed you how many more trucks there are. Like last game, there were two. This game, there's seven, which means that many more people. They didn't add extra porta potties just for. No. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Yeah, so, seven more trucks, no more porta potties. Same. So early arrival at the porta potty is key. <laughs> yeah, well, when's that? I've been here like we're here for 14 hours. I don't know. <laughs> we're here for a long time. So yeah, there's no first in line at the porta potty. Oh, like, How do we keep talking about porta potties like every I don't know how you can show. help it. See, it I seems to come up. Oh, well, so here's the thing, Petey. I just looked up. Oh, I just looked up the current conditions in Tampa. 93 degrees, and it says it feels like a hundred. And the humidity. Oh God. Oh, what Petey, is the humidity here? Well, it? it's 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 hovering right around 60 percent right now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is funny. This funny. is gross. This is gross. Very <laughs> close sticking to me that I don't know. I'm gonna have to shower every time I go outside. This is. Like dry heat, yes. This, no. This sucks. Blech. This Horrible. sucks. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop talking about porta potties and humidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's rein it in. Um, I just pulled up the line for tonight. It's a even money line, so it's a. Uh, they're both teams are minus one ten, wow. which is really interesting, uh, especially considering Tampa is home and usually the home team is the favorite, but. Not today. Especially at the time champ, right? Yeah, right. It's cr- oh, we got cone cam. Oh, yeah, you're out of here. Time for me to go. I just All right. Time for me to go, guys. Have a All good right, rest bye, of show. I'll be there for an audio tomorrow, and have a great day back in Arizona. And Craig, wherever the hell you are. All right, good luck, buddy. Drink plenty of go. Yeah, drink, thanks, guys. Drink plenty, but not too much that you have to go to the porta potty every hour. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. Oh my gosh. Um, it should be a really interesting one tonight. I think whatever, like this game tonight, is going to be a determining factor in how the series moves forward. Obviously, but I think Tampa has the chance to get the momentum back in their favor. If they don't, the series could be over sooner rather than later. Um, and if you want to bet on tonight's game at all, you can do so at, with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, is what we like to use. You can do player props, period by period, everything. You can uh, get your bets in for the Cotton Smythe winner now if you have a suspicion either way. Um, or, you know, if you have a feeling of who's going to win the series, you can do that as well. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup final. Must be 21 or over. Arizona only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, I didn't know PD was going to be here, so I didn't even tell everybody what we were going to talk about today because we just got right into game two. But Daily Cup Final Game 3 is tonight, but tomorrow night is the NHL Awards. So we're going to talk all things NHL Awards, not just... The ones they haven't announced yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They've been announced, which I kind of... I don't hate because then you just get to the really important ones on the actual night. The NHL Awards have evolved over the years and how... They've done it. Um, so we're going to talk about who we think will win. But before we get into the this year's awards, Craig brought this to my attention. I didn't even really realize this. But the Coyotes history with the NHL awards, much like so many other things, I feel like you can point at that the Coyotes just have a, you know, a history of losing draft lotteries and a history of missing the playoffs and et cetera. The Coyotes and the NHL awards... They don't really go hand in hand, do they, Craig? Well, when it comes to on ice awards, Leah, the Coyotes yes. just don't win them. 
That's the simplest way to put it. Everybody knows that Bobby Francis won Jack Adams as coach of the year way back when. Some some of our fans probably weren't even alive, which depresses me. Were you alive, Leah? I was or, alive. Probably? Okay, you were alive. Yeah. You, yeah, okay. I was five. So that's, okay, great. So you didn't, you didn't <laughs> add that, thank you for adding that. Of course, Dave Tippett won coach of the year as well in 09-10 when the Coyotes had what is still their best point total in franchise history. They were amazing that year, 107 points. And Don Maloney won general manager of the year. So off the ice, they, they've won a few awards. On yeah, the ice, and, and Shane Doan won the King Clancy, which is also kind of part of it's off the ice uh, in 2009-10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you look at on the ice, uh, and I know Leah compiled – Awards for the entire history of the franchise. No, and I don't want to look at the, the Jets. I don't want to look at the Winnipeg Jets. It's been too long. It doesn't matter what happened with the Jets anymore. So let's look at <laughs> the Coyotes' history. They've won the Norris zero times, Calder zero times, Vezina Trophy zero times, Hart Trophy zero times. Should I just keep going like this? Or should we just talk about their top 10 finishes? Because <laughs> that's as good as it's gotten. Here, the the Vezina is where they perform the best. And we've talked many times about how the Coyotes have been really good at bringing in goaltenders from somewhere else and turning them into elite goalies. Sean Burke finished sixth in Vezina Trophy voting in 2000-2001 and third the following year. Ilya Brizgalov finished second in 09-10 and sixth in 10-11. Mike Smith finished fourth in 11-12 when the Coyotes had their crazy run to the Western Conference Final. And Darcy Kemper finished fifth in 2018-19 and seventh in 1920. Thought he should have finished as a finalist in 1819 personally with what he did but so those are some good finishes at least as you as you heard there were there were four top five finishes and there were two guys who were finalists which is the top three for the Vezina trophy but then you start looking at the other awards Leah and I'll let you take over for some of these it's yeah it's not as it's not as pretty no it's not um for the heart voting which is most valuable player Kachuk finished 10th in voting in 96 97 that 96 my birth year Craig. Um, yeah. First year the Coyotes were in Arizona. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. The Coyotes are, and I are the same age for anyone wondering. Uh, Sean Burke finished fourth in 0102 and Brzezgala fifth in 0910. Then you look at Calder, rookie of the year. I don't even know Trevor Litowski. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Litowski. Who is that? Come on. 99, 2000? I was three. Yep. yep. Well, there you go. Well, he finished eighth. In that year for Rookie of the Year, Peter Mueller, 5th in 07-08. Max Domi, 6th in 15-16. Declare, 10th in 15-16. Yep. So still no finalists in either of those categories. And, and then, then the Norris Trophy. Yeah, Norris, a few more in voting, but still no finalists. Uh, Oleg Tavardoski, 10th in 96-97. Newman, 9th in 97-98. And 7th in 01-02. Yandel was the highest finish with fifth in 10 11 oel seventh in 12 13 and ninth in 15 16 and chikrin 10th in 2021 the latter two bothered me um jacob chikrin deserved to finish higher i thought he should have been top five last season uh, not the, the season before this past season and oel in 2015 16 finishing ninth is a joke because yeah. he had an unbelievable <laughs> year he absolutely should have been a finalist i think you can make an argument that he should have won it so yeah, that that one bothers me, but it, there there aren't you can't even say that there are that many slights. OEL Jacob Chikrin, and I and I do feel like Darcy Kemper got screwed a little bit, but beyond that, 
they just haven't been in a position to to win some of the major awards outside of coaching or GM. One thing that surprised me, I went through all the Selkie ranks, and there isn't a Coyote that's ever finished top 10 wow. in Selkie. And they were, listen, the Coyotes haven't been an elite defensive team, but there are years where they were a very good defensive team, like under Dave Tippett. But as we know with the Selkie trophy, you still have to have points. <laughs> you still have to yeah. put up a lot of points. Bothers me a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a, a, a I, I get it. Creating offense is the best defense and things like that. But it, it really surprised me that they didn't even have somebody in the top 10 for Selkie any of the years of their existence. Craig, how much of this do you think is related to the Coyotes simply not having good teams over the last 26 all of years? It. So, <laughs> almost but, all of it. But the almost part, would you say that OEL and Chikrin and uh, Kemper following lower than they should have has to do with the fact that this market just doesn't get the eyes that it would if it was, you know, in the East Coast? I wouldn't mind. I, I do think that's it. I wouldn't mind that fans might overlook whoever belongs in the discussion for the Coyotes, but it really bothers me when voters for these awards overlook guys that are deserving. That's just dereliction of duty. You got to do your homework. And I think a lot of voters take it very seriously, but I think there are a bunch of voters out there who don't do enough homework and, and come come with poor arguments or you know, very just based based on stats and nothing else or successive teams and nothing else. They don't dive deeply enough to really get an understanding of who deserves these awards. And that that bothers me because that's your job. There aren't many perks from being a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. <laughs> Voting is one of them. So people should take it seriously, as should the broadcasters who vote. And And as a voter yourself, you know, you obviously cover the Coyotes full time, but there's still 31 other NHL teams. So just because you are a voter, how do you kind of stay up to date with all of these players and, and put together your ballot? Well, I mean, I, I do keep track of the league during the season and I'm aware of general trends, but when it comes time for the awards, that's when I really dive in. I'll go back and read stories. I'll get a sense of who, you know, a lot of the analysts and experts are saying are the finalists. Then I'll dive into the numbers. I'll look for outliers that maybe people aren't thinking about. I dive into analytics. I dive into their stats. I read stories, circumstances, understanding the team situation, all of that. All of that comes into play. It's just the bottom line is it's just a lot of work and you have to put it in if you want to get a real sense of who deserves it. Absolutely. Well, the NHL awards are tomorrow night, uh, four o'clock Arizona time on ESPN. So we'll see who takes home the big prizes. We've been kind of staying up to date on some of these, not to diminish them, but some of the smaller awards um, over the last few weeks. So we can look ahead and I know we've done a few predictions, but now that it's really coming down to it, we can talk about who we really think is going to win these major awards. Um, Four o'clock Arizona time tomorrow sounds like a perfect time to enjoy a Four Peaks beer while watching the NHL awards. You know, sometimes they do a really good job. Sometimes it's a little like, oh, my God, please like make this be over. So, you know, a little Four Peaks to to add to the fun. Did you bring Four Peaks in your undisclosed location? We're Craig? drinking wow. We're drinking wow up here. Yeah. 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 Look at And by the way, it's a nice summer drink. What? Sorry. What did you say? It's a nice summer drink. It's really it really good. is. Yeah, it really is. I also think it's the best label of all of the Four Peaks beers, in my opinion. Um, this is my first time back in the studio in two weeks. You can see we have some new decor. We got the kilt lifter. This thing actually turns on. We turn it off, but I'm just going to turn it on just to show everyone. 
<laughs> and then there's nice. this little thing will light up. It's kind of fun. So if you're watching uh, PHNX Sports on YouTube, you can see our new decor in both of our studios. Um, we're decked out in Four Peaks. So I've been loving Four Peaks. It's the perfect time of year for, especially because it's we're in the hundreds now. Um, <laughs> so enjoy a cold one. Plus, Fourth of July is coming up, so got to get that on deck. And as always, that's 21 over and enjoy responsibly. And we hope that you'll also enjoy at the PHNX Coyotes draft party that will be taking place actually at Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe, July 7th at 4 p.m. The official PHNX Coyotes draft party. PD and Sean will be on location. We'll have special guests. A bunch of the PHNX crew will be there. Craig and I will be in Montreal. I can't believe this is just over two weeks from this week. It's crazy to think about. Um, so make sure you go and get your tickets today. You can find it under the events tab at gophnx.com. Tickets are five dollars lots more exciting stuff to come with the draft party so we hope you'll join us it's going to be a blast at four peaks all right craig let's look at the five awards that will be given out tomorrow night and we've given our guesses again and again so we won't spend too much time but uh, just final final instincts final thoughts on these awards and let's start with the Hart trophy the most valuable player we got austin matthews Connor mcdavid and igor shesterkin and Keep in mind, everyone, these are just for the regular season, so people's playoff performances play no role in these Mm. votes or these decisions. Um, I think we all said Austin Matthews when we did our podcast about this. I still feel strongly about it being Austin Matthews. Yeah, based on the regular season, yeah. I I wonder how much Connor McDavid's playoff performance might have swayed voters, but it doesn't matter. We had to have our votes in before then, so I'm still thinking Austin Matthews wins this. Igor Shesterkin, too. I mean, l- listen, any one of these three guys wins, they're all deserving. You can't, I, yeah, I, you can't no, I, say I, this I was rigged. <laughs> but if, but kind of just giving ahead to the next one, the Vesna, for me, Shesterkin is a shoe in for the Vesna. So if, and I don't know because I didn't vote, but if I was a voter thinking like, I, I maybe I would choose Shesterkin for Vesna and give the heart to someone else. But I don't know. It's so hard to know because Shesterkin was the thing that made this Rangers team, what one of the pieces that made it what it was. Um, so you have to kind of weigh what the award itself actually means. Um, so do you think Shesterkin for Vesna also? Hands down. Yeah. There's yeah. to me the to me, this is the should be the most lopsided vote. He was by far, I mean, historically one of the best goaltenders in in history, uh, statistically. So I, I don't think there should even be a contest that that he wins this one. And yeah, I I think you're right about the Hart Trophy, it's t- this one's tough for me. I'm a former goaltender too, and I hate all the arguments against goalies winning the MVP. Um, they're on the ice more than anybody, first of all. Who has a greater impact on the game than a goaltender? Nobody. And to say, well, they have their own award, so they shouldn't win the MVP. Well, well that's stupid because it's called the MVP. Yeah, so do goal scorers. You know, the best forward. If we want to <laughs> make things right, I've said this before, add another award. Have, you know, the best offensive forward to the call the Wayne Gretzky award. And then we can truly give the heart trophy to the most valuable player, not confine it to forwards or even defensemen, but also consider goaltenders because they deserve it. A lot of the time they, yeah. they play a major role in team success. And I mean, I think there's a strong argument to be made that Igor Shesterkin was the most valuable player to his team. Where are the Rangers without him? I'm sorry. I'm, I know uh, some Rangers fans aren't happy that I keep banging this drum and they 
they played well in these this postseason. But if Shesterkin doesn't play like he did this season, next season, I think this team regresses because I still don't think that this team is as good as it performed in the postseason. We can literally make a montage of every time Craig disparages the Rangers that he'll either prove everybody right or Rangers fans will turn it into a montage to like attack him online for being Miz so and I lost. should do a show together. Paul Bissonette and I should do a show together. Just oh yeah, you both Rangers. hate the Rangers yeah. so much. I don't, I don't no, I'm just kidding. You don't hate the Rangers. Paul Bissonette does. Though. Miz may hate the Rangers, yeah. Yeah, he does. I think he just <laughs> hates their fans. I know you don't hate their fans. You just <laughs> think the team... Um, isn't as good. And also, I will say the one thing about the Con Smythe trophy, which is the playoff MVP, is that I feel like goalies do get that award quite often. So I think yep. that one is pretty pure when it comes to who's really most valuable. There. Won't be happening this year, but yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, so if, interesting. If, right now, like Kale McCarr's running away with that award, in my opinion. He's he's gone. Yeah. Which is crazy, actually, moving to the Norris trophy that two of the three finalists are facing off in the Stanley Cup final, which is Really, really fun to see. Um, of course, the nominees are Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, and Kale McCarr. At this point, it's so hard to think, how is it not Kale McCarr having watched his playoff run? But you have to remember how good Roman Yossi was in the regular season. This one is between those two for me. And again, much like however the MVP vote goes, I won't be upset how this one goes because I really think it could go either way. What do, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, and, and this is the argument I was making throughout the season, right, with Roman Yossi. I mean, the guy had 96 points. He had 96 points. That, on, a, that, on a worse team than Colorado. And, and you want to talk about a guy who carried his team? I mean, Roman Yossi is the biggest reason for the Nashville Predators' success. He was unreal this year. I'm sorry, 96 points is insane. That's insane. You just don't see that very many times in NHL history, so... I think there's a really strong argument for Roman Yossi, but you know, if Kale McCarr wins it, so be it. He's a, I mean, he's showing it in this postseason. He's probably the best defenseman in the game right now. Which is unbelievable to say. And we're, we're watching history happen in front of our eyes, which is cool. Um, the other one that's controversial, uh, the Calder trophy, Michael Bunting, Moritz Sider, and Trevor Zegras, of course, Michael Bunting, former Arizona Coyote. He's 26, which has been much to people's displeasure although as Craig has argued again and again the rules are the rules and him being nominated and having the ability to win is within the rules but who do you really think is going to take it home tomorrow I think it's going to be more at cider I, I think that was the general consensus around the league I think the the NHL itself would have loved that Trevor Zegras win it they were certainly yeah. pushing him a lot at the all-star game and in other areas, but I think I think the voters think more Sider. And, and look, look, he, pl he plays defense, and he had the kind of production that he had. He was playing top pairing minutes. He was playing heavy minutes. That's really tough to do for a young defenseman in this league, and he still excelled. I think, to be honest, I I, I don't think there's a good argument for anyone other than Moritz Sider to win the Calder Trophy. All right, and last but not least, the Ted Lindsay Award. The nominees are Yossi, Matthews, and McDavid. Explain that to people. What's the Ted Lindsay Award, Leah? Isn't it? Isn't it the MVP as voted by the players? Yeah, yeah. And that's this is telling, isn't it? Look at yeah. the three guys on this list. Look at the three yeah. guys on this list. Roman Yossi's on this list. That tells you what the players who competed against him on a nightly basis think of Roman Yossi's season. Yeah, which if you compare that to the Hart nominees, Shesterkin isn't on the Ted Lindsay Award. 
yeah. finalists. So that's, you know, when you when you weigh who might win that award, maybe that takes him off the list there. It's so hard for this one to know because the players, it's not like journalists who can go online and kind of share their ballots right. or, or talk about who they personally think. You don't really know what the players are thinking. So I don't know, but I don't know. What do you think, Craig? I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win this because I'm not a player. But I, I listen. Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid would not be bad choices, as we said for the Hart Trophy could, as well. But I think you could say that before any season starts, right. and you probably have a good chance of them being finalists. Right. It's just it was just more telling to me that the players put Roman Yossi on this list. And listen, sometimes player voting can be a little biased too. It sometimes it's it's reputation. We see this all the time with the NFL and the Pro Bowl voting. It's it's kind of a joke, actually, sometimes when you ask the players who they think should be in. A lot of times it is reputation, but Roman Yossi, again, he had 96 points and he carried a team that I thought was going to finish just above the Coyotes in the Western Conference to the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Yeah. Nashville made the playoffs. It was crazy. And he, listen, he wasn't alone. They had a couple forwards who really stepped up their game this year, but to me, he was, and UC Soros obviously had a great year as well, but Roman Yossi had the best season of any Nashville Predator. Yep. So I don't know. I'll just say to make a prediction and see if I'm right, I'm going to just go with Matthews because I think he had an unbelievable year. I have no clue. And again, whatever happens, happens. But those are the NHL awards that will be awarded tomorrow night, four o'clock our time on ESPN. Always interesting to see. Once again, no Arizona Coyotes in the nominees um, on the ice or even off, but maybe it'll be one of those things that in a few years, hopefully because we've been talking about the rebuild progression of this team and where we think they might be, maybe we'll get some Rook Calder nominees on there in the future to start with. And then some coach of the year and maybe Bill Armstrong will take home GM of the year. I don't know. There's a lot of hope. We're laying a lot of like foundations for hope, but the, the Coyotes have to execute on a lot of things. And we, you know, we say that all the time, but there is some hope that maybe in the next few years, the Coyotes will be kind of back in the conversation, at least, you know, just out, maybe starting just outside the top three voting and then having some nominees and then even having some winners again. Well, in a few more games, however long this cup final goes, everyone's attention can turn to, the key moment for the Coyotes, the NHL draft. We're finally going to get to the draft. As, as you mentioned, you and I, along with Jacob Franklin, will be yes. in Montreal to chronicle all of those picks and all the stories around them. This, this to me, is this, this is the seed. This is the first big seed that you plant. This is, this is where the foundation is laid for the Coyotes. And there, there clearly have been other things that have happened in the past. Bringing Bill Armstrong in was one of those keys to laying the foundation. But when you're talking about the on ice product, this is where it has to start with this draft. They have seven picks in the first 45. Everybody knows that number by now, at least that's what they have now. Unless build, you know, who knows if bill do something, but it has to happen here. They have to execute to me. When you, when you're talking about seven picks in the top 45, you need to find an impact player. Number three, you need to find two other good players. You got to hit on three of seven to me. 
that everybody is going to fail sometimes at the NHL draft. And and the truth is that all scouting staffs fail more often than they succeed. That's it's, it's that like shows, sports betting sometimes. Yeah, well, it shows you how difficult it it's is. Gambling. To it's gambling on the future. Project a 17, 18 year old kid who has emotional, mm-hmm. physical, and mental development ahead of them. You don't know fully their family situation, their life situation. You don't know their heart, their drive. There's so many variables that you can't accurately measure. So there's a whole lot of projection, but. They brought in this staff. They brought in Bill Armstrong. They brought in Daryl Plandowski, Ryan Jankowski, a number of their veteran guys like Larry Plo and, and Randy Hanch, uh, a bunch of these guys so that they can make sure that, that they have they, – they maximize their potential for success. And now Bill's given them the pick. So it is time for the scouting staff to deliver. I have been writing about the scouting staff a lot. I have a couple more stories in the series, one coming this week on the U.S. amateur staff, and I'll finish it up with the Canadian amateur staff before I have a draft preview, but this is their time to shine <laughs> and, and they better shine, Leah, they better shine because if yep. they don't, who boy, what's the yeah. alternative more of what we've seen for the past quarter century. Yeah, please. No. Um, as Javier Gutierrez put it next month is our Stanley cup. Um, so, you know, it really is. It, it's the moment. And you said, like you said, you'll have a ton of stuff on the website to prepare everyone about the scouting staff, about the draft itself, on gophnx.com. We've also been posting exclusive interviews on there as well with Coyote's first-round draft picks. So, so far, um, there's a Danny Breer interview that's free for everyone, but behind the paywall, we have a Mar- Marty Hansel interview, a Connor Murphy interview. We got Mikkel Bodker coming later in the week and still a lot of interviews on deck. All of those are for members only. Um, so, become a member today we'll also have prospect breakdown videos that more of those are dropping tomorrow so just tons and tons of draft content dropping multiple times a week on the website in video and written form so make sure you become a member at gophnext.com so you can get in on that join the members only discord get a shirt from the locker when you sign up it's a great time to become a member especially if you're a coyotes fan four more guys that i can say are all confirmed now that we're going to have behind the paywall as well uh former first round draft picks Dylan Gunther is one of those that we're going to talk to. And then three current Coyotes, Clayton Keller, Victor Soderstrom, and Barrett Hayton. We'll have all of those guys. So you'll be able to view all of those videos as well behind the paywall. So as Leah said, become a member because that's the only way you're going to be able to watch those interviews or read most of my stories. Exactly. So we we love um, the members of our family. The members only Discord is a blast as well. So there's just so many perks to becoming a member. And this is this is the most important time of the Coyotes whole season is coming up in two weeks. So we can't wait. And like Craig said, we'll be on the ground in Montreal and we absolutely can't wait. And some other things we can't wait for, we have a lot of awesome guests coming up Mm -hmm. over the next week and a half. So starting on Wednesday, our next live show, um, Josh Doan and Matthew Nyes will be joining our show live at 12 30 so a little bit of a different time 12 30 on wednesday um if josh Jones, obviously all city athlete but matthew nye is a toronto maple leafs prospect who's from arizona so once again the leafs love their arizona born <laughs> players but both josh and matthew um, grew up playing hockey in arizona and have a hockey camp that they're putting on for um young players in Arizona so we want to talk to them about that and just everything else they're up to super excited about that one and then on Friday 
Returning to the program, Redeem Verbata will be calling in our expert pronunciation guide, uh, our expert check guide, um, and of course, you know, former Arizona Coyote who many, many people loved when he sports was Sports director for for the team for which Milos Kellerman, one of the newest Coyotes, played. So Verbi will offer his thoughts on him. We may ask him about the state of Czech hockey. We may ask him about the fact that he played for both cup finalists as well as the Coyotes. And then we may have a game plan with Verbi. Yep. Having, so. having to do with pronunciation. So Yes. Super, super excited to have him back. And then the following week, Bob McKenzie, as I call it, the Bob father, will be <laughs> on our show next Wednesday live at 11 a.m. So can't wait for that, too. Our final draft experts before the draft. I mean, Bob McKenzie is... Canadian hockey media royalty and has been covering the draft for years and years and years and is extremely dialed in. So really excited to talk to him next Wednesday, get some insight, tons of great guests ahead. You want to be sure to be subscribed to PHX Sports on YouTube, hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. So much amazing stuff coming up uh, on PHX Sports. Anything you want to say about any of our guests or did I cover it okay? I think we covered it all. I know there's just so many I, I can't even um, and be sure also to like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast every live show is also an audio episode and we have two audio only episodes a week so you don't want to miss that we'll be back with another trade talk Tuesday audio episode tomorrow did we decide who we're doing Craig oh yeah we did yes we did we know tell everyone it. sure it's Keith Kachuk yeah more more pain for the coyotes Fans. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, this this episode was very much like, oh, and here's another category the Coyotes have not succeeded in, and then tomorrow we'll say, and here's a trade that um, maybe didn't go so well, but hopefully this is the the bad luck stops here, Craig, and the draft is the beginning of turning around the good juju. I hope. I hope. <laughs> um, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore Coyotes as well. Craig, any final notes from your, it looks like a beautiful backdrop there. You got the trees behind you. Did you do anything for Father's Day yesterday? Uh, we laid low for the most part. We just enjoyed the cabin in the mountains. We had a good meal. We did have a good meal, but I'm just trying to chill. Um, as some of our uh, readers know, I wrote a, a mailbag this morning. We have to say goodbye to our 17-year-old dog next Monday. So this this week up here is kind of his final hurrah. So we're trying to circle the wagons and be with be with our pup for for the final week of his life. So yeah. don't mean to leave on a downer like that, but no. he's been a great dog. He's had a great run. I can't believe he's 17 years old, but yeah, it's time. Wow. So. Yeah. Well, what a great last week for him up in the, in the mountains and some nice weather with his, all the ones he loves. So I'm glad you get that time with him, Craig. And even though Craig's on vacation, he'll be on all of our shows and hopefully we'll get PD to make some more appearances throughout the week. Everybody, thank you so much for watching and tuning in today. We'll see you live on Wednesday at 1230, not 11, 1230 on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Until then, have a great rest of your day, everyone.